Thank you, God, that that is who you are, that you are a way maker, a promise keeper, a miracle worker. And thank you that you are with us. You're with us here. You're with us in our homes, that you never leave us. And you're always working for us. Lord, we just thank you for that in Jesus' name this morning. Amen. Welcome. Welcome if you're here at church and a special welcome if you are online at home. So if you're here at church, you can turn around and give a socially distant wave to people who you see around you and see if you can work out who they are in their masks. If you're online, a very special welcome to you this morning because that'll be most people. Uh, Take this time to check in with the Church Centre app and um, just put a bit of a a line in the chat because I know our online hosts get really lonely because they can see people watching but they don't ever talk to them. So just put a little word in the chat to let them know you're there and that'll just encourage them and put a smile on their face. Cool. Have a seat, guys. Right. Um, Our Connect and our Next Step cards, of course, are available online. So Connect Cards, if you want to encourage somebody, if you have a prayer request um, or a question, any of those sort of things, fill in a Connect Card. Our Next Step Cards are for if you're wondering, well, what's next for me? What's next for me in my walk with Jesus? What's next for me in what I can do at church? Any of those sort of questions, fill in your card and someone will get back to you. Uh, Like I said, just a reminder, the Church Centre app, if you didn't do it when I just said to do it, now's your chance to do it, Um, just so we know you are here. For the people who are here at church this morning, make sure you click on the QR code. Um, That's something we need to do. So don't forget to do it. Uh, This week for offering would be a really good week because you're sitting there at home. It would be a great week to say, hey, I've always thought about doing online offering. Um, because it seems like a really easy way to do things these days. And now's your chance. You're sitting at home. It's an ideal chance to set up your online offering today. A little bit of news. Church Council update. Uh, last Tuesday night we had a team night and we also combined that with a annual general meeting and we um, voted Pauline Somerville onto Church Council. So we're really excited to have Pauline join our team and it'd be nice, like, everyone here can give her a round of applause. You can give her a round of applause at home. Very good, because we do welcome Pauline. She's got a wealth of experience, and we're really looking forward to her being on our church council. If you are coming to church in person, whether it be on a Sunday or probably even during the week, for Sundays, we, at the moment, we still have a capacity of 50 people, uh, so you'll need to register on line on the church centre app if you want to come to church, uh, if you want to attend in person. You have to wear a mask, which is why I'm carrying mine there. You have to wear a mask if you're in the building. It's the same if you come in during the week. Um, The service, of course, we will keep streaming online, so you'll be able to watch it at home as well. Any other notices, and there is a few more bits of news, are in the newsletter, which you should get in your email. If you don't get it, it's because we haven't got your email fill in a connect card and we will get you one. Just thinking of QR codes because if you come to church, even if it's during the week, you need to click on a QR code to say that you're here. And people I know have mixed feelings about that. 
um, and it's really annoying. I know yesterday I just felt I was forever pulling my phone out and taking little photos of QR codes and checking in wherever I went. Um, but then I was thinking about that and I thought, that's very little for me to do to actually help in this situation. Um, and I think, for me, as, as a Jesus follower, um, I'm all about helping the people around me and showing them that I love them. And I think in the, at the moment in the pandemic, one way I can show my community that I lo- love them is to be responsible with what I do. So, you know, I wear my mask, I click on my QR code, I'm going to get a vaccination. And I know different people have different feelings about it, but for me, it's, that is part of my Christian walk. That's part of me um, loving the people around me. Um, it's nice to be heartfelt um, conversations and making meals for people and giving them hugs, but sometimes it's the practical things that show people that we love them. And if we do love the community around us, we need to do the right thing. We talked in those songs about God being a miracle worker and a way maker. And I know um, all of us uh, can think of people who need that right now. They need a miracle in their lives. They need a mountain moved uh, that's in front of them at the moment. And it may be you need a miracle. You have a mountain that's in front of you at the moment. I want you to just take a moment or two and um, we're just going to be quiet And I want you to bring to your mind uh, just those people you know who need that way made for them. Because God will do it. God is there. He's working whether we feel it or not. He's there. He's working. Um, But he asks us to ask him when we need that help. So just in the next little bit of quiet, just bring those people to mind, bring their names or their, their faces to mind that really need a miracle from God. Lord, I thank you that you know these people. I thank you that you love these people. You love them more than we ever could. And I thank you that you know their story. You know the mountain that's in front of them. You, need, you know the miracle they need. And Lord, we just ask you that you would be a way maker for them. That you would be the light in the darkness for them. And Lord, we thank you that you are always working. And like the good Father you are, you are always working for good for us. And Lord, we leave these people in your hands today. In Jesus' name. Amen. God, this morning we worship you. God, we choose to lift our voices, our hands, our hearts. God, to praise you. To give you the glory that you deserve. And God, this morning we... We thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you for your presence wherever we are this morning. God, that you are with us. You are always with us when we know it and when we don't. And God, this morning we pray that we might we might really experience your presence with us this morning. We might know that you love us, that you have called us, you have a plan for us. God, help us to hear your voice. Help us to know you. God, and we thank you for all that you want to do, all that you are doing and all that you will do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, please grab a seat.
Let me add to Steve's welcome. It's great to have you here with us. Great to have you with us at home or wherever you are this morning. What a good morning it is to be at church, in church, with church, the church, whatever you want to call us this morning. It's great to be here this morning. Uh, And what a great um, thing we got to witness, just Janice getting baptised and how cool that was. I'm going to invite Janice to, to jump back up on stage and We've got a certificate to prove that it happened. You don't have to... You can come up here, Janice. And we're going to pray for Janice. And You know, she's moving back to Tasmania on Saturday. And uh, we're going to be praying that she finds a church and a community of faith to, to connect with and, and belong with. And um, So I don't know if you want to reach out your hands. Um, if you want to pray for Janice with us this morning, that'd be great. Lord God, we thank you for your spirit and we thank you that you are uh, so clearly uh, on Janice's life, that you have stirred her heart and called her uh, as one of your children. And God, this morning we pray that as she steps into a, a new season, a new journey with you, God, that you would continue to go before her. You would surround her with your presence. You would surround her with a community of, of believers. God, we pray that as she takes this step in um, into Tasmania and and moving back home, God, we pray that she might find a community of believers and she might find people that would encourage her in her walk with you. God, we thank you for your spirit that is in her life and upon her life. And God, we pray that she might know your voice, she might follow it with courage and with boldness. And God, that you would give her a peace uh, and a love and a joy like she's never experienced before. And so, God, we thank you for her. We thank you for the good plan that you have for her life. And we thank you for Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen. Amen. Well, let's give Janice one more clap. Thank you so much. Continue to pray for Janice as she continues in this exciting journey. Um, And if you want to be baptised, if you haven't been baptised and you've witnessed this morning, you thought, oh, I should be baptised. I want to make a commitment like that. Uh, And you haven't, please get in touch and we'd love to talk to you about that. Um, We can do it. It'll be great. Well, this morning we are in week chapter, week chapter, week number two, chapters three and four of Esther, um, and Renee did a great job um, preaching last week. I don't know if you joined us online last week and heard Renee preach, but it was fantastic, and if you didn't, it's still there. You can go and catch up, um, maybe jump off this, go watch that one first, then come back and watch this once we're done, because um, it'd be great to, for you to do it in order. It's sort of like when you watch a TV series and you, you wouldn't jump into episode two. You'd start with episode one because you get to know the characters and the setting and, and what was going on. So, uh, And Renee set that up beautifully for us last week. And she talked about this idea that God is at work even when we can't see it. You know, throughout the book of Esther, God's name is not mentioned at all. But it's so clear that God is orchestrating every moment of the book, every detail. God isn't, met, isn't mentioned, but God is present. And when God doesn't seem like he's getting a mention in your life, in your story, you can be sure he's there. He is at work when you can't see it, when you can't feel it. Uh, And sometimes it's hindsight that you can look back and see God at work, God drawing us, God um, making a way where there seemed no way. And so this morning we're going to explore chapter 3 and 4. We are only taking five weeks to get through Esther and there is 10 chapters so we're doing two a week and we're not going to be able to read every part of Esther. There is a reading guide, you can jump online um, and find that 
sbc.org.au slash Esther, um, or there's, you can screenshot that or take a photo of that or do something with it. Uh, I'm sure you can find it. Um, basically, just read two chapters a week, um, however you like, if you, if you want. Um, but if you like a plan, that's a good one. So I'm going to read uh, a portion of what we're looking at this morning. I'm going to read from Esther chapter 4. I'm just going to read verses 7 to 17, and then we'll talk about what's going on and, and what God wants to encourage us around this morning. So um, Esther 4, 7 to 17, it says this, Mordecai told him everything that had happened as well as the exact amount of money Haman had promised to pay the royal treasury for the slaughter of the Jews. And Mordecai also gave him a copy of the written decree issued in Susa, ordering their destruction, so that Hathach might go show it to Esther, explain it to her and command her to approach the king, implore his favour and plead with him personally for her people. Hathach came and repeated Mordecai's response to Esther. And Esther spoke with Hathach and commanded him to tell Mordecai, All the royal officials and the people of the royal provinces know that one law applies to every man or woman who approaches the king in the inner courtyard who has not been summoned. The death penalty. Unless the king extends the gold scepter, allowing that person to live. I have not been summoned to appear before the king for the last 30 days. Esther's response was reported to Mordecai. Mordecai told the messenger to reply to Esther, Do not think that you will escape the fate of all the Jews... Because you, are in the, um, because you are in the king's palace. If you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will come to the Jewish people from another place. But you and your father's family will be destroyed. Who knows? Perhaps you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. And Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, Go and assemble all the Jews who can be found in Susa and fast from me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my female servants will also fast in the same way. And after that, I will go to the king, even if it is against the law. If I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went and did everything Esther had commanded him. God, this morning as we come around your word, we pray that you might make it it sense to us. Help us to understand what it is you're speaking to us and what you want to challenge us with. Thank you that your Holy Spirit is with us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, there's some things and some times in life where you're getting ready to do something um, for a future event. Um, not that I play football, but sometimes I, I know, or I, I know this every year, that the football players do a pre-season where they do their training uh, up until they actually start playing. So they're doing all their preparation and then when they get to the season, then they're ready to go. Um, and so everyone has their own pre-season in a different way and they exercise and they try to coordinate their team, their strategy and their physical peak to actually peak at the grand final to, at the end of the year, presuming they get there. Uh, but that's what they're really aiming towards. Uh, and some things, in our, even in the natural world, need preparation time before they're ready to go. Um, if you think of like the building a house and houses are built out of timber uh, and the timber needs to grow... I don't know how long a pine tree that they use pine 20 years or so I suppose to to grow a tree big enough to cut down to get the wood you can't build a house with a seed but you can in 20 years build a house if you plant that seed and wait for the right time you know there's times that we have in our life that um, we're getting ready for something but I think 
at all times, we are ready for what it is that God has us for. He has planned for us good works in Ephesians 2. We'll get to this verse. He's planned for us good works for us to do in this time. You know, and Esther in this story doesn't feel always ready, but God is making her ready as she goes. You know, one of our values is ready as we are, growing as we go. And we really believe that God has made us for this moment. God has made you for this moment. You're not just to get ready for a future time, but to be ready for God to use you today. The story of Esther so far, we sort of jumped into a, a, a point in the story that if you don't know the story of Esther, sort of won't make a lot of sense. But we've got the king, um, king of Persia, if you like, and, and we'll call him King Xerxes. And, and he's a powerful king. He lives and rules like a god. Um, but he's not a godly person. Um, he seems to be a, uh, an okay-ish type person as you read through the story, but he's not a godly person. He's not a God-fearing person. Um, we learned about last week about how he got upset at his first, first wife because she wouldn't parade in front of him and his um, drunken men at a, at a party, so he divorced her and found a new wife and held this, you might call a, a competition, Miss Persia, but... Um, it was a pretty sick and twisted sort of competition. Uh, and Esther was chosen to be the next queen with King Xerxes. And Esther was a Jew, but King Xerxes didn't know that Esther was a Jew. She never revealed that to him at the start. Esther uh, lost her parents at a young age, and so she was brought up with Mordecai as a father figure, her uncle. Um, one of... King Xerxes sort of main people in start of chapter 3 you learn about this guy called Haman and he's got an unfortunate name in my opinion it's spelled differently <laughs> uh, but he has an unfortunate name um, he's, Haman is the is definitely the villain of this of this whole story and when you read through Esther it it does read like a, a movie it, the, the plot twists and the turns, the way that um, the ironic nature of the story where the, the villain is the one that ends up dying and um, the Esther and Mordecai end up triumphing and you sort of go, how are they going to get out of this mess? And they surely, they do. And um, it would make a great movie. Um, and it's, it's a great twist of, of irony. And, and I think that's part of how we see God's hand throughout the whole book throughout the whole story, you get to moments where you think there's no chance, there's no way they're going to get through this next point. But God makes a way. God makes a way at every, at every moment. So Haman is um, this villain and he's upset. He gets very upset at the start of chapter 3 because Mordecai refuses to bow down to Haman and pay homage to him. Uh, and so, because Mordecai is a Jew... He says, well, I'm not going to bow down to anyone except Yahweh, except the Lord. It's sort of a a similar story to what we read in Daniel. Um, Mordecai standing up for what he believes in. And it's the first time we really see or or experience Mordecai's faith in action. And Mordecai keeps doing this. He keeps saying, no, I'm not going to bow down. And Haman gets furious when he finds out and says, I've got... I've got to kill Mordecai. And in fact, I'm not going to kill just Mordecai. I'm going to kill all the Jews. Because of this one person, all the Jews are going to get wiped out. 
roughly maybe 15 million people in the, at the time were about to be slaughtered, about to be killed. Men, women, children, the like. And so Mordecai mourns. He's really upset. He's not just mourning for himself, but mourning for the Jewish people. All these people are going to die it's because of his action or his inaction. And because he was a Jew, he refused to bow down to a man. And you know, the, the main point that I want us to grab hold of this morning is, is that we are called to be and, be, and who we are determines what we do. When we are really followers of Jesus, it will cause us in times to act in a certain way that would seem unnatural, that would seem like it doesn't make sense. You are called to be and that will lead to certain actions, that will lead to a certain lifestyle. Mordecai was a Jew and it was his faith that led him to action. Without his faith, without his um, identity founded in, in God, he would not have even thought twice about bowing down. If he was just saying, I'm a Jew by association, he would have gone, well, I'm, it's not worth risking my life for, I'm just going to bow down anyway. But because he identified himself as a Jew, as a follower of Yahweh, he said, I can't do that and I won't do that. If he didn't have a faith, he would not have acted. And so you can tell someone, uh, it talks about this in, in the book of James, you can tell someone has faith by their actions. Their actions don't make them a Christian, but it proves that they are a Christian. God calls us to become, not to do. You know, when we think about the call of God on our life, you know, who was, what's, what's God calling on your life? What's God's calling on your life? It's a sort of a Christian a Christianese sort of phrase. Uh, you don't really hear it in the, in the secular world. What's the call on your life? Well, you just, it, it would sound weird, but we talk about it in church circles and in Christian circles, and often when we talk about the call of God, we think about what we're going to do with our life, what job we're going to have, um, where we're going to live, how we're going to act. But you know, so often, uh, and in fact, I think most often in the Bible, whenever we see the idea of calling, we actually see it around identity, not around assignment. We don't see God calling people to certain things, although he does push people in certain directions and, and tell them to do certain things. But really, firstly, he calls them to an identity. He calls them to be a child of God, to be a follower of Yahweh. And God calls someone to an identity. And from that identity come our tasks, come our assignments, come our behaviours, come our lifestyle. God's plan for our life is so much bigger than just a list of things to do or a list of things not to do. But it's a complete identity transformation. God calls us to become a son or a daughter. You know, so often through high school, I remember this idea of God's call and I, I always struggled to figure out what am I going to do with my life? What am I going to do? Because I, I need to know what the call of God is. I need to know what his calling is. And if I don't understand what his calling is, then I'll miss it. And I don't want to miss God's call. So what am I going to do? What's my career? And I was always so confused with what I should do. And, and so I never, I mean, I never really cared much for school or knuckled down because I didn't have that sense of this is what I should do. And it wasn't until after school that I really grasped my identity in God and thought, you know what, it doesn't matter what I do, it matters who I am. And from who I am comes what my actions are. And even now, although I'm in this role as a, as a senior pastor, if I 
wasn't in this role, I'd still be secure in who I was and what I was called to do. The sorts of things I was called to do come from who I am. And I'll continue to do them no matter what position I find myself in. God has formed us, he's formed you, he's formed me for a particular moment. And that particular moment is this moment. You know, you weren't born in the 1800s. You weren't born in the 1300 BC, around this time. You were born in the... Whenever you were born. I'm not going to make any assumptions of people's ages. You were born at your birthday for this moment, for this season. And some of us think, oh, I wish I was born 100 years ago, before technology. Or I wish I was born uh, 1,000 years ago or 2,000 years ago and be around in the early church. You know, we have those moments where we think, oh, I don't know, if, I feel like I'm not supposed to be here, but God has placed you here. God has placed you here in this moment, in this moment of history, for a particular purpose. I don't know if you've ever stopped to think about that, that God has made you for this moment, for this week, for this day. God has made you for this moment. God has prepared you for this moment. Not just for a great future. Sometimes when we think about the plan of God, we just always think of it in the future. Like, one day I'll fulfill God's plan for my life. One day God will use me for something great. But no, today, this moment. Ephesians 2.10, the verse I referred to earlier, says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. See, the preparation is not so much on our behalf, but it's on God's behalf. God's preparation supersedes any preparation that we could do. And so we are ready as we are because God has done the preparing for us. He has created us in a unique way for a purpose that is different to the people around you. It's different to the person next to you. He's not looking for copycats, but he's looking for you. And who we are determines what you do. Who you are determines what you do, not the other way around. You know, you think about this, a football player plays football. Well, they try to. You know, depends what team they're on. A child does childish things. Who they are determines what they do. Sometimes they act out of character, but most of the time, who they are determines what they do. A dog barks. Now, if you go around starting to bark, it doesn't make you a dog. You know, you can do certain things, but it doesn't make you a certain thing. But when you are a certain thing, when you are, say, a football player or a, or a child or, or a dog, it will cause you to do certain behaviours. And in the same way, when we are followers of Jesus, it will cause us to live a certain way, to do certain things, to say certain words, to live in a certain way. It was Mordecai's identity that caused him to stand up and say, I won't bow down. Doing what Mordecai did, what Esther did, didn't make them a Jew. It was already who they were. And it was because they were a Jew that faith came out. Action followed. Selflessness was the byproduct. And so Esther is, up until this point, we don't know much of her faith. We don't know much of how much she really is a follower, what sort of commitment and and courage she might have in, in the way that she follows the Lord. You might wonder about the authenticity of her faith, but she hears about this plot of 
Haman and the, the king makes this decree that this is going to happen and it, it becomes an opportunity for Esther to, to stand up. You know, and I think it's often in these times, in our own seasons, where it's the toughest that our faith is proved true. You know, when Esther faced this really tough situation, it was then that her faith was proven to be true. You know, you might have heard this saying before, when you squeeze an orange, you expect orange juice to come out. When you, when you squeeze a Christian, you expect faith and Jesus to come out. When, to, when the world crushes in around us, when circumstance crush in around us, when we are found in Jesus... Jesus will come out. Faith will come out. Our true colours are shown, if you like, when there is a tight situation. And Esther says this in the end of chapter 4. She hears about the plot. They're going to kill the Jews. And Mordecai's like, well, this, this is the moment. This is maybe why you are queen. Esther, maybe for this time, for this moment, you want to go to the king, even though that it could, it could cost your life, but God is going to deliver us no matter what. And Esther says, all right, I'll go to the king. She says in verse 16 of Esther 4, go and assemble all the Jews who can be found in Susa and fasten me. Don't eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my female servants will also fast in the same way. And after that, I'll go to the king even if it's against the law. And if I perish, I perish. If I die, I die. That's all I can do. I can just put my faith into action and trust that God will come through. But if I die, I die. And I love this because in the New Testament, so often it calls us to to die. In Galatians 2 verse 20, there's probably the most well-known one. It says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ that lives in me. We just witnessed a baptism, and a baptism is a symbol of death, of dying to ourselves and being raised with Christ into a new life. And so this, if I die, I die, should be words that we echo on a daily basis. When we surrender our own desires, when we surrender our own wishes and wants and we say, you know what, I'm going to put them all aside. It doesn't matter. If I die, I die. That is where God has called me to. Not a physical death, but a a death of desire, a death of sin, a death of our own way of living, a death of being our own God and allowing Him to be our God. When we are crucified with Christ, we are able to walk in the life he has for us. We are able to be his child. And then when we are his child, we're able to pursue Jesus wherever he takes us. We are his. And because we are his, we are ready as we are. We have been prepared. God has prepared the good things for us. And we are ready as we are. We are ready because we are his. We are made for this moment. God has a plan for you today, not just for your future. You can echo the words of Mordecai that he said to Esther, maybe you're made for such a time as this. 
Maybe you're made for such a time as this. Maybe God has you in this job. Maybe he has you in this family. Maybe he has that person as your neighbour. Maybe he has that relative of yours calling you, annoying you. Whatever it is that's going on in your world right now, maybe he's made you for this moment. Maybe you are in this moment for a reason. Maybe God has prepared something for you to do in this moment, in this season. And so this morning as we come to a close, I want to ask you this question. Can you echo these words of Esther? If I die, I die. I will do what God has called me to do, regardless of the cost, regardless of what it might take, of the uncertainty of the outcome, of the pain it might cause. God has called me to this, and so I'll do it. And maybe there's something in us that we need to lay aside. Maybe there's desires that we need to put aside so that we can fully go where God has called us to. Fully embrace to be who God has called us to be. And so maybe wherever you are this morning, at home, watching with your family or by yourself in the room here this morning, just to close your eyes and just to ask yourself this question or to ask God to to reveal this to you. What desires do you need to lay down? What is it that you need to say, you know what, I can do without this. If God has called me to this, I'll lay this down. What do you need to live with an open hand and say, God, if this is my desire, this is, this is what I want, but if I die, I die. If it doesn't go the way I want, it's okay. I'll do what you've called me to do. I'll be who you've called me to be. And God, as we think about these things and as you speak to our hearts this morning, God, we pray that you might fill us with the courage that you feel with Esther to live for you, no matter what happens. To understand that you have prepared us for this moment, that you have called us to be followers of Jesus and that we are ready as we are. God, would you help us to live in this moment, to be who you've called us to be, so that you can do what you've prepared for us to do. God, we thank you for this church, for this family, that we get to be in a a community of believers that live this way, that live for this moment, doing what you've called us to do. And so, God, we pray this morning for for every single person who hears your voice, God, that you might fill us with your spirit, fill us with the boldness and the courage we need to follow you wherever you take us. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us this morning especially for joining us from home, online. It's great to have you with us. And we pray that next week we might be able to gather in a greater number. Uh, But have a great week, and we'll see you again next Sunday.